I said it. I said what my choice was. I told my husband and his immediate <laughs> response was, oh, obviously, because then it would feel like DiCaprio was at your funeral. And I was like, I'm glad you get it. Like, it wasn't about you or anything else. So I just wanted it to make sure oh. that I had a feeling of that there. I did, that not, my, I did not see that, that, that way. I, th I thought you meant people will love you and their heart will go on and whatever. And But that's a good way to see it. DiCaprio will be at your funeral. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what? I'm going to change fangirl, my song. Fangirl till I die. That's all. <laughs> that you um god i i know i'm french canadian but i gotta say right off the bat celine dion celine dion <laughs> really okay it, it, i couldn't help it i had to go i had to be honest and that song it's not so much i mean i do love celine dion and so <laughs> i was thinking about at the time period you know there's a reason titanic was so popular so I was one of those people in the theaters. I went and bought the two VHS double <laughs> set the day it came out. And my show is about fandom. And I've been a DiCaprio fan since his growing pains days. So Not, I thought I was the only one who didn't know that, that he wasn't the final season of growing pains. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been here and I've been following along to his career and, Of course, Titanic came into that, and I felt like, oh, now everyone else is coming to the party because I've been here. <laughs> I, I, um, I honestly, it's the only season that I watch of Growing Pains, and I, I remember, <laughs> and it's not bullshit. I said this kid is going places. He yeah. had a presence on screen in that show that he eclipsed everybody else, and I thought, yeah, this kid is, is going to be a one to watch. I you, agree. um, you talk a lot about the '90s, though. Um, I, not to be rude, but were you, um. <laughs> there quote unquote. <laughs> I don't want to ask your age yeah, yeah. I was there I, I grew up in the 90s and so I was in my I went from elementary school through middle school graduated from high school in the early aughts so when I was first getting into music and fandom and following celebrities and celebrity gossip I, that was late 90s I think 98 was my favorite year in music overall which I mean, I'm just a 90s kid. I watched a lot of Nickelodeon and oh, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, grew up on that at the Simpsons. That was my life. I was there to watch the Simpsons when they were, when they had classic episodes before yes. it fell apart. So yeah, I was, I was a kid, but I remember everything. I remember okay. most of the later half. Well, that explains your, your songs because most of them are late 90s, between 97 and 99. Yeah. Um, Um, so, so the audience knows what we're talking about. First, I was, you said you were, uh, middle school and then high school, uh, at the end of the nineties. I was, I graduated high school in 1991. So I was mm -hmm. in college when the nineties kicked in, really, when the sound of the nineties kicked in. So, um, so, so you, were you all in flannel and doing grunge? Was that, no, was that too early? Was <laughs> no, I actually looked exactly the way I look now. Mm -hmm. I, I used to no, yeah. I, I used to um, I used to think that uh, if you look good in, in school and if you look, you know, professional and, and applied, then you will have great grades as well. 
What a moron I was. But um, <laughs> not true. But I good. You At fell least. for it. So. Well, yeah. yeah. But, no, I, I do. I do think that when I work, it's important that I, because I am working now. I don't think that I should say that out loud. I am working now, but I, I think that when you're working, you should look presentable and professional if you do a professional kind of work. But mm-hmm. back then, I, I think it was my way of rebelling against everybody else. Everybody else was doing the grunge thing, like you said, the flannel thing, and I just. I didn't want to get into that, so my way of rebelling was to do the, the whole shirt and tie thing. So ah, I see. That was so me the, being a rebel. Did people think you were a professor then? <laughs> uh, no, no, the the, the the catch me if you can thing. No, no, no. I, <laughs> although I did look older than I was back then, and now I, I look younger than I was, especially when I shaved. But enough about me. This is about you. So, <laughs> so let's not let's not waste any time about me. I do love your choices, but uh, what I meant to say is, for me, it's not. It's it's not as much a nostalgia as for you as it is a bit annoying. Some of the songs yeah. you, you chose, I've heard them too much <laughs> in the 1990s. That I was just started working, and I was in the in the yeah. um, I was in the shopping mall, and these songs were playing from morning to night five times a day. And then you commute in your car, and you hear those songs again, <laughs> and you get home, and your partner listens to those songs, and some of them just it's too much, but. With 20 years perspective behind me, I do see that some of your choices that I haven't listened to in 20 years are, are really great. You did choose something great. So um, to to help the audience, every time I have um, a guest on the show, I ask five questions, five songs. But you, in your case, because you're such a 90s fan, I challenged you to go 90s songs only for your five categories. And mm-hmm. you responded beautifully, except for Celine Dion. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll let that one slide out. <laughs> well, now, I could come up with another, but I just could not think of anything that that covered so many aspects of my personality and my upbringing. That was just I said it. I said what my choice was. I told my husband, and his immediate <laughs> response was, "Oh, obviously, because then it would feel like DiCaprio was at your funeral." And I was like, "I'm glad you get it. Like it wasn't about you or anything else. I just wanted it to make sure." Oh. that I had a feeling of that there. I did, that not, my, I did not see that, that way. I, th- I thought you meant people will love you and their holder will go on and whatever. And But that's a good way to see it. DiCaprio will be at your funeral. You <laughs> yeah, know yeah. what? I'm going to change fangirl, my song. Fangirl till I die. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Then. Okay. So your first song is a song that makes driving better. Either a nice cruising experience or makes you put your foot down and go. What's the song you chose and why? I chose Semi Charm Life by Third Eye Blind, which is they're one of my favorite, one of my all time favorite bands. And I think for me, it goes both with a good cruising experience as well as put your foot down, just pedal to the metal, both because it fluctuates. And if you listen to the kind of full, there's a radio edit version as well as an extended version that I yes. still remember. And I, I love them. I've seen them in concert. They, they did a great job the last time I, when we had concerts back in the day, uh, <laughs> a few years ago. Uh, so they did a great job in the concert because they knew that everyone in the audience wanted, you know, they're like, play the hits. We want to hear the hits. And so they stuck to that and they played all of my favorites. I've loved every one of their albums and semi charm life. It's, it was like a mix of rock and kind of a rap flow, which I, really loved in middle school. I was a Lincoln Park fan and I just always liked uh, genre bending and kind of mixing styles like that. So one of the reasons I loved Third Eye Blind and loved that song. It was on the radio all the time, but every time it played, I sang along until I knew every word. 
I can't sing it now, but if it played, I would. Yeah. So I know it. I know all their songs, most of their songs, and I'm a huge fan. What's so uh, you mentioned concert? What's the last concert you went to? Oh, the last because you're a mom mm. now. So if you're like me, concerts yeah. are a thing of the past, not yeah. just because of the pandemic, but because of the wee ones. And exactly now, I'm like, was it? It was either. It was either Third Eye Blind because they played at a, a university when I was in Cal when I lived in California, but it was either Postal Service or Third Eye Blind or or Matchbox 20 with the Goo Goo Dolls because I did see all three kind of in the same year. So somewhere in there, a lot of 90s, a lot of <laughs> a lot of 90s and early 2000s bands uh, came to San Diego that year. And I went to see a lot of them, so I loved getting to see Third Eye, uh, Third Eye Blind and Matchbox 20, two of my favorites. That's very 1990s. I mean, it couldn't be more 1990s yeah. than that. Okay, so lead <laughs> single from the debut album in 1997, it peaked at number four on the American charts. It's uh, it's pretty much a quintessential 1990s track, and it's extremely radio friendly. You it starts on the radio, and it just you hop along. You don't mm -hmm. you turn your brain off and you go. You just you sing along with them um, so much that uh, in 1997, like I said, you could barely walk into a, any store, <laughs> and people in the store were playing that song or anything by Third Eye Blind. It was uh, kind of annoying, but apparently and it's also kind of amazing because why? it's it's a catchy song and it played all over the top 40 radio at the time, but then. As a middle schooler, I would read the lyrics and it always felt like kind of an inside joke because the song is about crystal meth and being high on crystal meth. And so everyone's just bopping along to this quote unquote family friendly kind of pop song. But then the lyrics themselves are not family friendly. And I don't think a lot of people were doing that. It was just playing on the radio and playing in malls and like the retail and, and no one was really piecing that together. So it always felt like a little kind of. I'm in seventh grade singing along and giggling like, oh, my parents don't know what I'm saying. They don't know what the song is about. <laughs> you just described music in the 1990s, basically. Because yeah. <laughs> think of any band, Nirvana. People were banging yeah. their head and yeah, yeah. And talk about suicide. No, I don't have uh -huh. a gun. But people were all happy about this. And it, it was dark. It was a dark time for music. But people were hopping along and having fun like it was live music. I don't know. It, it's you, you describe pretty well the experience of listening to 1990s music way back then. Um, the uh, the lead singer apparently composed a song inspired by Lou Reed's "Walk on the Wild Side." So the do 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 was like the okay. do do. So mm -hmm. we'll uh, let the audience listen to this if they haven't heard it in 20 years. Please enjoy the song.
Your second song was Song to Play on a First Date. I'm not going to ask you how long you've been married, but is it is it still accurate for you? Do you still today feel that this song would be the song you want someone to to listen to? Oh, uh, yeah. I Initially, I chose a different song and then thought it through for a little longer. Uh, I chose I'll Be by Edwin McCain because when that song came out, it played on the radio often on adult contemporary stations and it felt very romantic it's actually known as like one of those top uh wedding songs as a ballad (laughs) uh gets played at weddings a lot but actually in kind of a twist the song is i i remember hearing the singer and songwriter talk about how he was surprised that it's played at weddings because it's kind of sad or a little more tragic than people realize. So it has this kind of sweeping melody and this romantic tone to it. But if you look at the lyrics, he's kind of 
desperately saying, if I, if you date me, then it's going to be messy. I'm just going <laughs> to warn you, but like, I'm going to love you a lot and it's going to be a lot. So I'm really intense. And <laughs> so kind of a little warning of my own personality. If I were being honest on a first date, that would be the sign to kind of give that, that overall, I'm a, I'm a romantic at heart, but okay. if you dig a little deeper, I'm a little nuts. Uh, so, or I'm a little messy. I would say nuts wouldn't be a nice term. I assumed uh, it worked be because lot. you're married now, so I assumed that <laughs> yeah. the song worked. I yeah, I just, we just celebrated our 13th anniversary. So, congratulations! Thank you. What so you I, described? I, this uh, is not our song. So, oh. I would pick this for a different first date, but it's not our actual song. <laughs> okay, well, let's leave this one for, for another episode if you come back. We'll talk about okay. your husband's son. But what you described, though, is exactly what happened to the police, Every Breath You Take. Oh, really? It's a song about a stalker. Oh, yeah, the Every stalk breath you stalk. take, every yeah. move you make, I'll be watching you. It's a bad song. People play <laughs> this at their wedding. It's not good. It's not part yeah. of people. So it was uh, released in 1998 on uh, Ed, Ed, Ed McCain. Sorry. I'm not much into adult contemporary, unfortunately. But uh, his second album reached number five in the chart and remained uh, his only top 10 song ever. The radio version uh, was released as a single, but it differs completely from the album version. So if you wanted to have the radio version, you had to buy the single, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But um, it was such a popular song for him that he re-recorded it five times. I mean, when you have something that works, you just yeah. don't let it go. You re <laughs> just milk it. <laughs> exactly. He did it again just in 2015. He, uh, he released an EP and he re-recorded that song oh, again wow. as a kind of, yeah, 16th anniversary. I don't know what it was for him, but yeah, this song was 16 years old and he re-recorded it. So um, it is a beautiful song, though, to listen to. A little bit of a bummer, though, but um, that's not the point of the song. It was to introduce you to your date and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't dating in the 90s, so I didn't, fortunately I didn't have to yes. use it. Okay. But if I did have to go on a first date now, I would definitely pick something along those lines. Okay. I, I was going to ask if you were to use a contemporary song, would you go something chirpier or still? I think I would have gone with, I would probably switch then. Uh, I'll probably do something still from the 90s, though. I just, I love 90s music. I don't <laughs> listen to a lot of current <laughs> music. I still listen to 90s, late 90s, early 2000s uh, in my playlist. It takes a lot to get me to listen to something new. I listen to 60s music. So, <laughs> yeah, 60s and 70s for me is the same thing. I, I love uh, the music from my time, but I've heard it too much. And now that I'm <laughs> in my 40s, I need to listen to something else. So I listen yeah. to 60s and 70s. Um, thank you so much for this song, Edwin McCain. And the song is I'll Be. Let's let the audience take a listen. The strands in your eyes, the color that I'm wonderful, stopping and steal my breath. And emeralds from mountains, and throttles the sky, never revealing their depth. And
Your next song, um, song to pick you up. And I, I gotta say right off the bat, I freaking love your choice. Not just because it's a Canadian song. Thank you so much for that. But I don't know. I don't know what it is. Every time I get an American on the show, they get Canadian songs and you got two. Yeah. You got two. And I chose these songs. I didn't realize you were Canadian until after I'd already picked them. So no, no, it was no, meant no, to be. No, 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 no. I'll take it like that. What's your song and why? <laughs> I chose Steal My Sunshine by Lynn. And uh, I mean, those lyrics are, as far as I can tell, just nonsensical. It is pure pop. It's light. It means nothing. You can sing along. It switches between this raspy uh, male lead singer's voice to this kind of Cali sounding woman's tone. And the music video is fun and light and bright. Uh and so you can't you can't listen to that song and not crack a smile. It's kind of, I mean, I feel like for a second I almost said bop, but then I was like, well, I I couldn't listen to that song now. It was it was fun and catchy back then, but it yeah. it hasn't lasted. It's not really a fun song to me now. But with Lynn's "Steal My Sunshine," I could listen to it right now and still bop my head to it and feel better. It's it's a great way to to describe it. Uh, the one. Um The one caveat that everybody thought was that um, it's too catchy and people will uh-huh. get sick of it 
really easily, but no, honestly, 20 years later, I still listen to it. And I, I, I watch oftentimes movies and I think this is not a right song. They should have gone with Len instead. And <laughs> th that's how good this song is, but it's, it's their only top 100 single. They never charted any other song, even though they've been active for, uh, God, for almost 15 years, uh, from 1991 to, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 2015 that they were active. They released five or six albums, but never, mm -hmm. never had any album chart on the one, uh, the top 100, which is, not sad. Everybody calls them a one handed wonder, but they never intended to be a pop band. They wanted to do a ah. fun song and they sent this song to a bunch of radio stations thinking nobody's going to listen to this, but let's just try. But everybody started playing the song before the album was released, four months before they released the album, before the official date. They all started playing the, uh, the song and it became a massive hit by the time the song came out, but mm -hmm. they couldn't repeat it. So it was their only, uh, absolutely only. Though I gotta say they did, um, they did a song for the Digimon movie. So I don't know. Ah. I don't know what that means, but I, I think it's a good thing if you make a, song for a movie anyway <laughs> yeah they made it to a soundtrack they made it to a few i think the yeah. i think still my sunshine's on the soundtrack for the movie go which is also very old with katie holmes when she was still acting and a few other and with, forgotten actors with sarah Pauly, who's not forgotten she's a great director yeah, and she's canadian um, is she is she a director i mean yes. i've seen a few i've seen her in uh what's the was what it dawn of the dead or I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen yes, that many yes. of her films. So. She did, she did a, a fantastic movie called um, uh, Take This Waltz with uh, Seth Rogen oh, and okay. Michelle Williams about a woman who's not happy in her, her marriage and she takes a lover and eventually mm -hmm. breaks up with him. And all through all the film, it builds up and builds up that she's not happy um, in a marriage. She wants to be with this free-spirited person. But in the end... Uh, she's just not happy with him anymore. Uh, the, the last mm -hmm. scene of the movie is you realizing that she's going to go through the same cycle again of not being happy with this mm -hmm. person as well. And it's just, it's a, a heartbreaking movie. It's a beautiful movie. At the end, it just shatters you completely. But um, seriously, I, I forgot off the top of my head, but she just announced last week a movie that she's going to do soon. And the cast is insane. You should really look it up. She's yeah. uh, she's highly regarded. And, uh, and I still think she's the little kid from... Um, Road to Heavenly, if you love the 1990s, then you should. Let's just listen to this. Across the street, L A T E R that lead. 
Before uh, we go to the next song, I promised my friend, I should say um, some of my closest friends, and I'm not saying this as I'm, I'm a white boy, I love black people. Seriously, my closest friends are black women, and I've consulted two of them um, as to whether I should bring this up. And they all said no, and I say, fuck it, I'm going to bring it up again. <laughs> Four of your, okay, sorry, backtrack a little bit more. Last year, I had a, um, a sex therapist on the show, a wonderful woman named Erica Miley. She just, I think, completed her PhD. She's a blast. I absolutely love her. Um, she's white. Uh, when she came on the show, all her picks were black singers. Black mm -hmm. male singer with a high-pitched voice who liked to go bare-chested. <laughs> that, that was all their choice. And then I have you on the show and four of your five songs are white people. I'm not asking why. I'm just, I think that's fascinating because I'm a mm -hmm. little bit like that myself. I, I'm French Canadian and I don't really like Celine Dion. I prefer listening to music from other countries or other mm -hmm. And it fascinates me that this doesn't just go um, for your country. It goes for sometimes your race as well. It's It's noticeable because growing up, uh, growing up in the 90s, and I went to a predominantly black school, which would seem unheard of in other places. And it was, I was kind of the strange kid because I liked to listen to rock. I liked to listen to adult contemporary. I liked Celine Dion. So, uh, those were strange things. And so, so I, that music is, it's still what I enjoy listening to. I still like RB, I still like hip hop. But I like to listen to K-pop and I like to listen to uh, French rap and trap music. I like to I like to learn about other languages and I like to travel. I've moved about 15 times in the last 20 years, 25 years. Uh, so I like to learn about other people and other cultures, other perspectives. And I think especially having worked with underprivileged youth, I try to help them see, you know, if you can you can learn from other people. And if you're just open enough to other languages, other styles, uh, you can, you can benefit from it. If everything is just what you know, and everyone that you interact with looks like you, then how are you going to grow? So I was always very open to listening to different kinds of music. To be honest, I never could get into country. That's the one <laughs> kind of genre I just cannot oh. rock with. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love you now. I really do. <laughs> <clears throat> nobody nobody yeah. should listen to country music ex except people who live, you know, with a pickup truck and whatever, break your heart, listen to country, but no, no, God, no, please. Yeah, but I'm pretty but, open to everything else. So I was listening to Ska and uh, I, no doubt another group I love, but middle school was where I kind of cemented my music taste for the most part for most of my life. And that's that came from top 40, late 90s music at the time. <laughs> And I still love it. I can still listen to all those albums. Alanis Morissette, Lover. I, I've just <laughs> Canadian. I swear, turns out I'm Canadian. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but you you described you described the perfect rebel. I, I, I mentioned to you that I used to wear the the, the tie and the, and the shirt. I wasn't trying to to piss everybody off. I was trying to be myself when I was a kid. And you just described that perfectly well. You don't need to listen to dark music, to violent music. You don't need to be in everybody's face to be a rebel, to be yourself. You just need to do something that you want to do despite what people say. And you described that perfectly well. You listen to music that you like, even though nobody loves Celine Dion. So, yeah. here you go. <clears throat> it was just me, me alone uh, at her Vegas uh, <laughs> residency, just me waving my hands. So it was just me. <laughs> 
<laughs> good for you. Seriously, if you like her, good for you. Well, uh, let's get into the, the, the interesting one now. Uh, the one song from a black uh, performer, which I absolutely love, your song to um, get it on. Please tell us what it is and why. I picked the song Don't Let Go by En Vogue, a uh, little parentheses, love. I don't know why that's in the title. They don't even admit that's what it said when I looked up the title to make sure I got it right. But I, everyone knows it as Don't Let Go. And it's from the soundtrack to the film Set It Off. And yes. Set It Off is one of my favorite films, just general, not not one of my favorite black films, just like one of my favorite films, period. It's a heist film about four best friends who have to turn to robbing banks to basically survive and get out of the projects. And it has Jada Pinkett Smith and Queen Latifah and Kimberly Elise and Vivica A. Fox as our top four and Blair Underwood. And uh, the song is the song itself. The lyrics aren't particularly explicit or anything. There's nothing but the tone of it and the music video and like these, the four singers of in vogue are wearing these leather very very 90s kind of almost bell-bottom but leather outfits strange and very 90s and and they're singing at like a house party but they're talking to the crowd and they're just kind of pointing their fingers just being very aggressive about how much they want to just bang whoever (laughs) is in the room and and it doesn't fit with the what the movie is about except for the one love scene in the movie between Data Pinkett Smith and Blair Underwood, which, I mean, black love wise, everyone knows that scene. It's all massage. But as a middle schooler, it made a lasting impression. So it's a great song, makes me think of the movie. And the just the melody itself is very sensual, just like the massage scene of Set It Off. I have nothing to add. You, you said it all, and you said it absolutely beautifully. And I think this is one of the times that the man needs to shut up. When a woman talks about set it off, a white boy needs to just sit back and shut up and listen to, to everything you have to say. It's absolutely beautiful. It was released in 1996 on the band's third album, and also the soundtrack, as you said, of Set It Off. It reached the top 10 in pretty much every civilized country on the planet, and uh, Billboard ranked it the 83rd best track of the entire 1990s. That's not it. Nothing. That's really, that's something. So your choice mm-hmm. was on brand. It was the band's biggest hit, of course. And, uh, sadly, it triggered a cascade of change, uh, for the band. I think one of the, the singers tried to go on their own to, to do a, a solo career, which didn't quite turn out, but it, it triggered a change. And I think they went through a bunch of lineups after that until today. They still, mm-hmm. every album they put out, there's a different member on the band, but they're still in vogue. And this is, what Envo means. When you think about that band, you think about that absolutely luscious, beautiful song. Thank you so much for that choice. Let's let the audience uh, take a listen.
Um, your last song, dear God, <laughs> you said it all at the start, but still, just just for the exercise of it, let's listen again what the song is and why. So I chose uh, for the song that I want played at my funeral, uh, I chose My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion from the soundtrack to titanic i'm not a particularly big titanic fan but but i am a fan of celine dion at least her uh her let's talk about love album which had my heart will go on on it and i love every song of that album it was my favorite cd probably between sixth and seventh grade in those years of being overly dramatic and I was just getting into theater and Shakespeare and I was watching Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet yes. and everything was just very romantic and dramatic and over the top uh, as a middle schooler. So I love the song and I did watch Titanic a lot just like everyone else because it was kind of required as a fangirl. <laughs> so not one of my, not my favorite DiCaprio film by far. But still a classic, and I love Kate Winslet, and so I could think about the movie when I heard the song, and I just I think she's I don't think that Celine's the best singer, but I do think that she has such a unique style and voice, and you know the chest hitting elements that <laughs> that when I'm trying when when you're in seventh grade and the world seems so big and far away, and you hear the sweeping melody and the I said the flute, the clarinet, whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> and you hear those notes play and it feels like you're kind of a part of something bigger because the film was so large. The song was such a hit that I kind of, it was like wanting to be a part of the song in a way. I don't know if that makes sense, it does. but, <laughs> it does but I definitely connected to the song and uh, I connected to the song way more than the movie itself. And I still, I don't listen to the song now, but if it did play at my funeral, it would kind of remind me of my youth and kind of represent my fangirl years and music that I like that everyone knows whether they like the song or not, which I like a lot of songs that <laughs> that have been on pop radio and been done to death, but I still love them. That's okay. That's the important thing is that you connect to them. If you listen to a song just because everybody else does, then that that doesn't mean anything. But if it means something to you, then screw what everybody else thinks. But um, mm -hmm. I, I do respect two things about her, even though I I really don't like her as a singer and a person. I respect that a she never went for the um, the physical aesthetic of of getting plastic surgery. She mm -hmm. knew that it would alter her voice, or she, she sacrificed having a perfect facial feature, perfect body, perfect chest, uh, in order to keep her voice. And I, I respect that tremendously. Mm -hmm. you look at all these singers, look at, uh, uh, what's her name, Mariah Carey, that she, she can't sing anymore. She needs she needs a track. When she sings, she's not, she's lip syncing pretty much because she's had so many plastic surgeries, her voice just doesn't sound the same as it did. She can't push it as he used to. Mm -hmm. While Celine can still bring it anytime, even though she's she's almost in her sixties now, screw it, she can still bring it, and I respect that very much. And her her marketing plan was brilliant. She she did pretty much exclusively in the nineteen nineties soundtracks. She was in a bunch of movies, and it it kind of brought her attention all around the world. She became a famous person around the planet because she kept doing movie soundtracks, which I think was a brilliant strategy. And yeah. And, uh, it definitely it, worked. <laughs> it did. It did. And I, I applaud her for that. She really did something. Well, she did what everybody else does now on the internet. She got uh, exposure. Everybody else 
you mm-hmm. know, now becomes famous because they're on the net. And she did that before uh, YouTube existed, before all these things existed. So good on her. My heart will go on from Celine Dion by 1998, was it? Yeah, I, I can't remember, but uh, thank you so much for that. <laughs> Podcast listener, the, uh, the recording, it, it don't work. It just broke. And, and we tried to find more, and it, they all broke. And Sibling tried to record another one, and she couldn't because uh, uh, playing a locust, uh, climate change, uh, just can't. Can't play the song. Sorry, actually, can't play the song. But we got something else for you. It's called Ask a Hamster. Welcome to Ask a Hamster. I'm your host, Bitchy the Hamster. And these are your questions. First question from MaddieMan15. Maddie, I really don't understand why people need to put a number next to their username. If you wanted me to believe that you are a teenager, you didn't need the number. Your question did the trick. And your username will do exactly like you. Not age well. And if it was meant to convey the year you were born, or your civic address, or any other personal password verification information, I would really love to introduce you to my friend from Nigeria. Your question was, does cheese make you constipated? Yes, matter of fact, last time I, I ate a bunch of cheese, and I was like, Ugh! so I went to the doctor, and I said, Doc, I, 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 I ate too much cheese. And the doc said, no shit. <clears throat> Next question by Jenny from the Glock. Jenny, J Money, not gonna answer your question due to a spectacular lack of even wanting to read a question by someone who thinks it's fun to make your name into a gun pun. And I assure you, it has almost nothing to do with the fact that your vocabulary is so painful to come near that your husband must think the silent treatment is better than a blowjob. It's that if your first reaction to the now daily shootings in your country is to think, oh shit, liberals are gonna come and try to take our guns, then your priorities as a human being suck. Question from Linda Joy. Now see, that is a name worth reading a question from. Linda Joy. You just know you're gonna smile. Does calling people stupid make you feel smarter? No, but it can get you elected president. (laughs) Uh, Yes, Linda, you're right. Bullying is wrong. Unless you keep acting like your face is in dire need of sudden percussive realignment. Germans have a name for that. Backfiving gazette. Look it up, okay? Last question from Nike15. I I got nothing about your name, dude. Good job. Do you find the thought of putting ketchup on your eggs disgusting? I, I, I... If you would like to have your question answered by Bitchy, are old enough to understand that hamsters do not freaking talk, and do not mind if the answer you receive will not be constructive or helpful in any freaking way, then please send your inquiry, 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 question to askahamster at mail.com. That's askahamster at mail.com. Before letting you go, I want to talk about your site. Um, You describe it as discussion uh, of black experiences in fandom. I I know it sounds dumb, but can you you expand on what that means? Oh, no problem. Uh, Yeah, my podcast uh, just launched today. I'm super excited. Uh, It was, it's it's a passion project. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I finally did it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't spend that much time in pre-production. I've done other fictional podcasts. I've done audio dramas, but I've never 
hosted before so okay. this is all new to me and i've never been a guest either so thank you for having oh, me on here yeah. <laughs> i'm the first to get you yes yeah uh, but my show is called standing while black uh, you can get more information about it at standingwhileblack.com or listen to episodes wherever you get your podcasts i'm on most major streaming apps right now and Standing is basically being a hardcore fan of something, anything. And when it comes to being a fan, some people, some fandoms are a lot more mainstream. For example, being a, a sports fan, being a Star Wars fan, being, yeah. you know, they're kind of the given, but then there's kind of an extra layer of complication that comes with being a black fan so having to try to find escapism through fandom and being a part of fan communities but at the same time you can't kind of turn off your blackness and just kind of yeah. be, and just kind of enjoy fun things because you're still going to encounter racism you're still going to encounter inequality you're still there's still going to be issues of just being a part of society even in these places that are supposed to be so fun and light uh that fandom isn't all there's there are light sides and dark sides to fandom that we have to deal with uh as black people so each week i have a guest come onto the show and we talk about their fandom their experience with whatever that fandom is or whatever that thing is that they're a fan of um and we talk about you know how we can make the fan experience better for black fans that's pretty much it <laughs> that's absolutely awesome after midnight we're gonna let it all hang out after midnight we're gonna chill up and shine anthony kiss mama goodbye Anthony, will you kiss your mother goodbye?